For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, folks, to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. We like to call it a Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday on our Ion Channel show, and we certainly are still in the process of peeling ourselves uh, off the mat. But uh, the NBA is electrifying people with a lot of excitement right now, season becoming uh, even more intriguing than it was throughout, which has been a very interesting year of NBA basketball. And it's always a pleasure to be joined by, and uh, I I guess it would have sounded something like this if you were doing a radio play-by-play first year. Miami Heat, Sparrow dribbling up and down top of the key into the corner of the Cummings. Ball goes into the low post to Cycli, and and the ball has disappeared. It's gone. <laughs> there is no ball in this game. And this gentleman was out there on the court, uh, maybe hoping for a pass as he uh, cut to the inside and uh, was wide open, but uh, Cycli uh, somehow had gotten flustered and had uh, a triple team of defenders uh, grab the ball and force a jump ball. Uh, we welcome to the show an original member of the Miami Heat, 15 years in the NBA, tremendous uh, basketball analyst, great person, and uh, a guy who's always popular here on any of our broadcasts. So we welcome the great Grant Long to the program. Uh, Grant, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing pretty good this morning, guys. Uh, on the move, as usual. How's my reception there? You sound fantastic. You sound good. Uh, no, you really do. I oh, mean, great. Uh, it great. sounds great. Um, you know, I, and... You know, you know what's great, too, because uh, when we call some of the people on the show that, that we've had on as guests, uh, you know, we have to have them call us and, and you know, it'll be introduced uh, like this. Uh, this is a collect call from a correctional institution. <laughs> but with you, I mean, we just although you, you were, uh, you know, stopped and harassed by local police yes. uh, that one time that you were on a show, which was the first uh, for us that we actually had like a guy that was being, uh, you know, possibly arrested while he was a guest on the show. Anyway, uh, many good things happening. And, uh, you know, we've been we've been talking about the Miami Heat, of course, here in town, uh, number one in the Eastern Conference. And uh, the question is kind of one of these uh, hypotheticals. The Miami Heat, uh, statistically and in the standings, are the best in the East, in your opinion. Are they right now the best team in the East? I say they are. And, and I say that because there's two teams when I consider the East that when you use the word team, the Miami Heat is number one, and the Milwaukee Bucks are the other team that I would consider a team. And what I mean by that is both of those both of those teams use everybody. It's not one guy. Everybody talks about Jimmy Butler, but you have to understand that how how much confidence having Jimmy Butler gives to the other guys on the team. They they use everybody. It's not just one guy. And I think the same can be said with Milwaukee. It's Giannis that everybody talks about, but they are a complete team. They use everybody in order to win. And I think those are the two teams that, that when you talk about who play as a team, those are the two that, that resonate right there at the top. Now, you look at Miami, they are three games, three or four games ahead of Milwaukee, the defending champions. And when you think about the experience of uh, playing in the bubble, getting to the finals 
you know, last year, a couple of years ago, whatever that was. Uh, and most of those guys are still there. So they have some experience uh, that says that they are, they are ready to tool it up and, and get back to the finals. Certainly they are deserving of that number one spot right now. Grant Long with us here, a longtime NBA player, original member of the Miami Heat, now with the Detroit Pistons broadcast team on the Believe Network. And after hours with Tifo and Luby, uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, just the games over the weekend, I- I'm watching uh, Tatum go for 54 for the Celtics. And, uh, you know, they beat the Nets, who are trying to figure out uh, what they're going to be, although right now they're going to be left out in the cold because uh, they slipped under 500 for the first time this year. They get Kevin Durant back. He's playing well. Yeah. Kyrie Irving's in the game. Uh, he's on the road. Although, uh, wow, I mean, were you despised uh, by the Boston fans? I mean, uh, Boston and uh, Miami certainly had a share of uh, rivalry-type games uh, in the Eastern Conference, but uh, you don't want those fans getting on your back, do you, in Boston? Well, I, you know what, guys? I really do think it, it makes the game fun. It gives <sighs> you something to look forward to. you got to remember, when I came into the league, that that whole beat L.A. thing was, 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 was really high, and the Celtics were still had a lot of disdain. The other teams had a lot of disdain for the Celtics because of the Larry Bird and Parrish era and those kind of – that that was still there. You know, the Pistons and Detroit, they hated each other. Philly and Boston hated each other. L.A. and Detroit hated each other. You don't really see that anymore, but that was that was the fun part about it because even though a lot of those rivalries, myself as a player, I wasn't involved in, believe me, that ghost was there when you got into the, to the Boston Garden. It was like, man, you've got to beat the Celtics because the rivalry was so strong before we got here, so we've got to keep it going. You know, that, that was fun basketball. But now, I mean, everybody on the team, everybody's friends now. They don't even continue the rivalry. It's like, okay, yeah, I play for the Celtics, you play for this team, but we're friends. And there's no competitive edge that you used to have going into those rivalries. I don't know if you were a sports talk fan when you were here. Obviously, you had an interest in the media, and they were always very accessible and great. And you know, it turned into you know a, a career here. It, it did for you uh, being in broadcasting. But uh, uh, there was a guy that used to call all the talk shows named Show Killer Joe. And, and as soon as uh, you got his call, I mean, it was the end of the show, and, and he was just a show killer. He, he really was. And I, I was thinking this in a context of Kyrie Irving. I mean. Uh, He's kind of a show killer everywhere that he goes. Uh, yet, the remarkable thing is that the guy is, is like platooning this year. He's playing only on road games. And uh, he's out there playing half the games and playing great. Guy looks fantastic. Yeah, I remember when a long time ago, you guys won't remember this, probably too young. But I remember there was some talk about Roger Clemens when he was continuing his career. He wanted to only play on the home game. Yep. And I said, wow. Yeah. Yep. They were actually considering letting him do that, just play home games. Yep. I'm like, wow, pretty impressive. The guy must be pretty darn good if he can <laughs> only play home games. The organization's going to consider that. Now, Kyrie Irving's in a whole different situation here. And I'll even go a step further, guys. I think the reason James Harden left Brooklyn is because he came there with the, with the expectations of playing with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and possibly winning a championship. That was their best chance to do it. And then all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving you know, gets on his soapbox and he's missing games. He's not playing. He's not doing this. And Harden says, look, man, that's not what I signed up for. Get me out of here. So as, as good a player as Kyrie Irving is, I think he may be the main culprit for why James Harden left. And, yeah, he's playing well and he's doing a lot of good things. But 
you know, Kevin Durant's going to get sick of the circuits in a minute. And all of a sudden, he may be looking at the front door as well because you can't have that collection of talent and you're not going to be productive. The, the Brooklyn Nets are, I think, 10th or 11th in the Eastern Conference right now. They're not even in the playoffs. So wow. you know, with all of the fanfare that they're coming in, you know, what, what do they get for it? Show killer. That's yeah, what they exactly. got, Kyrie, the show killer. Yeah, we should have a noise for him. Uh, this is After Hours, Defon Luby here, the Believe Network. We're talking with Grant Long, longtime NBA player and current Detroit Pistons. And let's one I want to ask you, being in the locker rooms, a lot of the times people say that the media makes more of these things than there are. Da, 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 da. But however, you'll see teams who are cohesive go a lot farther than teams that have acrimony. Like being in those locker rooms, when one of the stars is just that much of an egomaniac that he's getting in the way of the team, how much does the team feel it? Like, how much does it actually affect the play on the court, or is it just media murmurs? Because you're saying it seemed like Harden really felt it. Like, how, how much does that get in the way of the game? Oh, it, it absolutely does, guys. I mean, the media will pick up on some things. The media will will see the smoke, and then they'll fan the fire. Mm. But, but you got to have some smoke in order to fan something, and I think that's where the players, even though they might not say anything publicly, you'll get that guy, that beat writer that comes in or that guy that comes in from a, from another city and will pull a player to the side and ask that question. Hey, is this whole saga getting on your nerves? And all of a sudden you got some murmurs outside of the locker room of some players saying, yes, it, it is becoming bothersome. And I think that's what, what happened with Brooklyn. When you have a player like that, like I said, everybody's signing up because they feel like, yeah, this is a very good player. This, this is going to be a very good opportunity to win. And then when you, all of a sudden you, you get the, the, the prima donna attitude and you realize, hey, man, I, this is not what I signed up for. It definitely affects your locker room, guys. And it, 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 it really kills your cohesiveness. It, 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 it really messes up everything. It really messes up your opportunities. And even the greatest players a lot of times aren't, aren't able to over, overcome that. Seems like uh, the Boston Celtics are getting hot at the right time as, uh, you know, you have, uh, what, about 17, 16, 17, 18 games left for most teams in a season. And I believe the Celtics are at a clip, uh, Grant Long, where they've won like 14 of 16 and uh, are playing great basketball. Uh, are, are they, I mean, I, I don't think you can throw them out, uh, can you? You mentioned, obviously, the Heat being number one, uh, maybe, and Milwaukee. Certainly has to be considered. Uh, people don't think of them as having a big three, but Middleton and, uh, you know, the uh, the guard, uh, I mean, uh, Holiday, uh, give them a nice big three with Giannis playing the way that he's playing. And as you said, they, they have a lot of role players. But uh, the Celtics, supposedly, uh, they needed a divorce between Tatum and Brown. They couldn't get along. They couldn't coexist. Uh, seems to be working out famously uh, right now. Well, where do you put them in the equation? Uh, and are they a big enough factor to be considered uh, championship material? Absolutely, they are, and they are now. And consider this is the first year coach uh, with them as well. Yeah. So this is this. Who is, who is that guy? Right away? I don't even recognize him. He's not exactly Red right Auerbach. Who's coaching the Celtics? He made Udoka, and he is from the Greg Popovich tree yeah, of coaches. So he, he okay. Yeah, he learned a lot from Greg Popovich, and he's turning it into the Celtic way all of a sudden. But here, here's the thing, guys, about the Celtics: they are definitely a viable. Uh, championship option and the biggest difference remember a few years ago they were with Brad Stevens this team was right there knocking at the door they could never get past they traded Gordon Hayward and you know they had a great combination of players and then all of a sudden they fell off they get a new coach Brad Stevens moves to the front office and and I I, cert, I sincerely believe that with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum those guys 
garnered all the headlights. They scored all the points. They were the maybe the second or third duo, top-scoring duo in the NBA at that time. And they were scoring all the points, but they weren't winning. And I think they had a, a an epiphany this year with their new coach, and they, this was the San Antonio Spurs way. Guys, you're going to score all the points, but we're going to lose. If you incorporate everybody else, we have a better chance of winning. And I think that's what they've done. They've incorporated everybody else. Their scoring has gone down, but their winning percentage has gone up. So they've they've involved everybody else in their offense. Al Horford is now a more viable option offensively. Uh, Smart is more a more viable option offensively. So they're using everybody on their team to be, as we talked about earlier, a team. They're not a complete team, like I said, the Heat or the, or the Milwaukee Bucks are. But this is the, the corner that they turn. They, they're involving everybody in their offense, and that's been the biggest difference. I didn't see what happened in that game Saturday night between uh, Philadelphia and the Heat. Uh, the Sixers get trounced for the first time since the acquisition of James Harden. That uh, They had won, I guess, the previous three, and very impressively so. Uh, two teams I just wanted to touch on here in the East before we uh, get into the West a little bit with Grant Long on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Uh, the Sixers with Harden, I, I thought it would be almost worth putting a couple of bucks on them to win it all when, when they got Harden because uh, what we saw where Harden could transition into being uh, not just a brilliant scorer but a facilitator also if he was into it. And you have to figure he would probably capitulate to Embiid uh, being a guy and, and maybe be a great compliment that other guys would then come to the forefront. Uh, Luby likes this guy, Maxi, right? And, uh, you know, so many other players on the team all of a sudden were big contributors. And, and I'm watching a little of Cleveland, Toronto last night, Grant Long. And, and the Cleveland Cavs are a great story. I, I think Luby could cover uh, Kevin Love in terms of lateral <laughs> movement. And yet he's still sparring and rebounding. I mean, it's amazing. The guy is uh, like the chief in Cuckoo's Nest, just planted under the basket there. And uh, are about twenty feet away, uh, but they, they they've been a really heartening story there. Uh, Bickerstaff uh, is the coach, and uh, you know they're doing a really nice job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, they. I mean, listen, listen, these guys have been the surprise, I believe, of not only just the NBA but certainly the Eastern Conference. And again, their first year coach, um, some young players, and they're missing arguably their best player in Colin Sexton. He's been hurt all season long, so they've been they've been able to do it with. Garland, Darius Garland, Kevin Love has had a resurgence. And I, I wouldn't really call it a resurgence. They just decided to use the guy. The guys that always had the talent, they just decided to get away from their youth movement and, you know, just volume three-point shooting. And they put the guy in the game and said, hey, man, go give us those 17, 18 points and those 20 rebounds or 10 rebounds or whatever have you. He still has the capability of doing it. So it's not like he lost that talent. They just started to put him in the game and said, hey, go do what you do. So I was great. I was very happy to see them putting Kevin uh, Kevin Love back in the ball game because he was shelled for a long time in favor of the younger guys. But they need him, and he's been a big reason for their success. He's coming off the bench, but he's been very, very productive. And at this point, he's, obviously, he's a champion. He's got that experience, went to UCLA, so he knows the right way to play, and also helping the younger players. I think it's a great, great story. They are so ahead of schedule, if you will, when you talk about them. They were going through a rebuild. Remember – uh, that Jim Beeline was their head coach out of Michigan University for a while. He resigned, and they were they were going to scrap that whole thing and rebuild, which they were. But they are ahead of schedule right now. That's surprising everybody with the way that they're playing. Yeah, great enthusiasm uh, all the way through. I mean, it was uh, entertaining even watching the guys on the bench reacting to uh, things that happened in a game, and you're thinking, uh, yes, that's what you need, as you were talking about at the top, Grant Long, uh, you know, being a team. 
and they seem to be in that mode. All right, I'm looking at the Western standings here, and obviously Phoenix, the number one team, they don't have Chris Paul until the end of the regular season. Booker's been out with health protocols, I guess COVID-19 protocols. So they've been compromised. They've lost a couple of games. They have far and away the best record in the West, but interestingly, the second-best record, no longer Golden State, but Memphis now, with Jean Morant having one of the monster seasons that we've seen in NBA history. This guy has been great. Memphis has been a good story. Uh, and yet it doesn't seem like they're getting serious consideration from anybody as a possible uh, team to emerge with the Western Conference title and go to the finals. You know what, guys? I, I don't know if you've actually had a chance to see John Morant play, but he is he is dynamite. He is worth the watch. He is worth the ticket because he is such a dynamic and exciting player. And he, he plays the right way. I mean, this guy, it's, we often say it, well, he, can, he can really jump. But, I mean, that's, that's a, a superlative that everybody uses. But this guy really, really plays well, and he incorporates everybody. Like I said, he's worth, he's worth watching, guys. And you think about their team as well. They're a bunch of young guys, and they're just trying to bully their way into the Western Conference. Like you mentioned, they don't, they're not getting the respect because the Lakers, why they're getting all the respect that they have, I don't know. But everybody's looking at the Lakers and the Clippers and, and, and the Phoenix Suns, deservedly so. But when you look at Memphis and how they're playing, and some of the teams that these guys have been able to beat, I mean, you have to give them respect. This is not a flash in the pan. These guys are pretty doggone good. And uh, they're, they're, we, we've often said this, that's probably the team you don't want to see when the playoffs start because they are, like I said, trying to bully their way in the Western Conference and say, we're here and we're staying. And I, that's the kind of attitude that they have. Look, talking about the Warriors, they just fell to the Lakers with LeBron and no one else. LeBron uh, still shows that outside of Tom Brady, he's the only other person that can beat time. 37, almost 38 years old, has 56 points. The guy isn't a human being, and his team still isn't good. Yeah, they won that game, but the Lakers are a disaster. Like, what do you do with the Lakers? Because they're flirting with the playing tournament, but at this point, they may not make it. I've heard some people talk about sitting LeBron because you'll still need to have him in the future. But I don't know what that helps you. Like, if they don't make the playoffs, there's no guarantee LeBron's coming back. He's on a year-to-year contract. Like, what are your thoughts on the Lakers? As they usually lead most sports shows, figure we might as well talk a little bit with them as LeBron's still doing his thing, but the rest of that team is sort of in. Well, when you say the rest of that team, remember LeBron, LeBron James brought the rest yeah. of that team there. So, yeah. it, you know, if they're falling off, it's his fault. They're letting him be the general manager, president, and sometimes part coach. And that, this is the result of it. When it doesn't work, that's, this, is, this is what it looks like. And I just mentioned the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies being the team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs. If the Lakers make the playoffs, they, nobody's fearing that team. <laughs> and even though they have an assortment of players, nobody fears the Lakers like they, they used to with LeBron James at the head. They don't have that fear anymore. Nobody's, they're not striking fear in anybody. And there's even some talk about benching Russell Westbrook. It's come out publicly that they've already come to an agreement that they're going to move Russell Westbrook in the offseason. So there's already some this dismantling or dissension, if you will, about this team. It's almost like they've said, you know, this is not the collection of players that can win it. Let's, let's, let's break it up as soon as we can, which is going into the offseason. I've got two things to say about the Lakers. I, I don't think Frank Vogel will be their coach coming back next year. And I do think LeBron's going to come back. Anthony Davis is also going to come back, but they're going to have a new coach. And I'll say it right now. It'll probably be the former Miami Heat assistant, David Fisdale. He'll be at the helm of wow. the Lakers okay. side to side next. 
Um, See him I on the bench there. Yeah, he's lurking. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it didn't go so well from uh, his first go round there, right? With the uh, Memphis well, Grizzlies. Grizzlies right? and Knicks both were. A yeah. Disaster. Oh, and the Knicks. Yeah, some serious ugliness uh, was taking place there. But uh, well, it was highly regarded uh, as an yep. assistant LeBron when he was with him. the Miami Heat, and uh, didn't uh, necessarily fare so well, Grant Long, uh, as a head coach. Uh, uh, and uh, Pavelka, his favorite song must be "I'm Your Puppet." I mean, uh, Palinka, you know, the great thing about LeBron—I'm a big LeBron fan, as any basketball fan would be. You're watching this guy play all these years at this level, and and, and as high a level this year as uh, you know, as uh, at the time when he came into the league, pretty much. But um, you know, he's the guy that's making all these decisions, and then he starts complaining about Pavelka blowing it. Which uh, you know is interesting because uh, th- these were the guys that were encouraging uh, the move to get Westbrook, and, and that looked like it was going to be pretty sound. But when they made that move, I thought it was going to work out, but uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't. Uh, all right, well, one final thing, Grant Long, and I uh, wish we could talk all day, but you know, it's always fun, and uh, I know you're traveling. But uh, uh, who, who would you say, or where would you say you saw better defense, the NBA All Star Game, or the rookie year of Harold Miner? <laughs> Oh, you went all the way back into the archives for that one. I, I had to pull the something rookie. out of my ass here for you, Grant. <laughs> you know, that's part of the fun we have. Oh, Remember Harold Miner? Wow, Harold Miner Jr., I guess it was. <laughs> when you say when you say Harold Miner, i got to give you the quick story. We were on the yeah. team. We were playing in a game, and Kevin Lockery was the coach, and Harold Miner was double-teamed. And, and coach says, okay, what are you going to do if you get double-teamed, Harold? And he says, well, anybody else would say, well, I'm going to pass it. Harold says, I'm yeah. going to shoot it. And, and, and Lockery goes, well, why do that? And his reasoning was, well, if there's two guys on me, there's an easy opportunity for somebody to get the rebound if I miss. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I like that logic. I mean, you're telling me that you can shoot over two guys rather yeah. than pass it to an open teammate. But that was the logic that we dealt with with Harold Miner. So when you talk about that's that's not what well, that wasn't his strong point. It's not not even yeah. close. That's the brevity of his yeah, career uh, in, in the NBA. Plus, I don't know now. what don't uh, know what ruler they were measuring this guy with, but uh, he he was far from six three or six four as they listed him. I mean, I, I think my father, uh, you know, was taller, and he, he was listed at five eight at the Century Village Basketball uh, Center. <laughs> when, when he was playing there. Grant, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I, I'm glad you're uh, you know doing well. Uh, we'll. We'll look forward to talking to you again uh, real soon as the playoffs uh, get underway and we head towards the end of the regular season. Thanks so much for uh, joining us, as always, here on After Hours. Hey, guys. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Grant, man. All right. Thanks so much. Harold Miner. I don't remember him playing too much defense. No. Uh, he was pretty much out there. He was there a high flyer. To, uh, that was his thing. He couldn't dunk. shoot. Did He's... he win two slam dunks? I think so. Yeah, he, he was a high flyer. That was his distinction. He was great right? All you jumping. have to do is win a, a slam dunk, and people will forget that the rest of your career <laughs> was uh, all Dolly Parton, man. Bustology 101. All right, Louie, a lot of fun. It's always being yes, with the sir. people on After Hours. Believe Networks now. The expansion, uh, the growth of the whole enterprise is fantastic. We congratulate Bron and all of his people on that. It's a pleasure to be a part of it. So you can catch us uh, if you want more of us. Uh, as uh, Luby likes to say, on Ion Channel every morning on the East Coast, 7 and 9, and, and it's archived. Just Google The Defoe Show. That's D-E-F-O. Always a lot of fun uh, on The Defoe Show. And, uh, you know, it was uh, a pleasure once again being with you guys today. You're on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, always great having Grant Long. He's terrific and uh, commentator. The, the Pistons are lucky to have something that represents a winner. Yes. In, in Grant Long right now. 
Yes. I don't know how this Cade Cunningham is going to do. He, he, he has straightened out some of his problems from the beginning of the season when he was horrendous. Yeah. But uh, there's another uh, number one overall pick uh, that uh, is starting to uh, look uh, more and more like, uh, you know, the uh, Pistons uh, may have pulled uh, the move that they made. And what was that? The 2003 draft? Oh, the Carmelo, the, uh, yeah, 2003. Yeah. When they took Darko Milicic. <laughs> Joe Dumars, man, he can't even show up at a restaurant no. in Detroit anymore without having people. You took Darko? Are you kidding me? Pretty much. There was Bosch. <laughs> there was Wade. There was Carmelo. Any of them. Three Hall of Famers. Any of them. Darko. Darko was in the lead uh, for a while, actually. Darko Milicic. As a complete scrub. I mean, uh, he may have been he more around. valuable to yeah. a team than yeah. Chuck Nevitt was, but uh, he was in the league for quite some time, even though uh, he was deemed to be a complete bust yes. as a, a draft pick. I, I think Chris Washburn was probably a worse pick at number three than Darko was. No, uh, considering who was three, three, four, and five that year, come on, Booby. Yeah, no. I mean, that represents, uh, I mean, that's right up there with Sam Bowie instead of Michael. It's, and it's yeah. a torturous pick to anybody that is staking their reputation on their ability to spot basketball talent. Uh, all right, for Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, yes, I'm Jeff DeForest. After hours, Defoe Luby, always a pleasure. And remember, people, as we come out of this Monday edition of the program, no matter what you're doing in life, you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand cut every day, everything, and I mean everything is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Verizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.